0: Hey Hoopheads, once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads Podcast Network for even more great basketball content. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, J.J. Rivera, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Kenneth Wilson. And welcome to 305 Culture, a show where you feel the heat. Yeah. Let's get down to business and talk some, finally, some Miami Heat regular season basketball.
1: Some real Miami Heat ball.
0: Anyway, Kenneth, before we dive into this, I gotta, you know, I gotta ask you, how you doing, man? I can't complain, man.
1: You just said it. It's wonderful to be here. We can talk some real Miami Heat ball um, and uh, I'm just ready to get it going. Let's go.
0: Absolutely. So, last night we're recording on October 22nd of the year 2021. Last night, October 21st, the Heat tipped off their season against the defending champions Milwaukee Bucks and it was a blowout. The Miami Heat blew the Blew the Milwaukee Bucks out by 42 points. A dismantling.
1: Exactly. Blew the doors off them. I'm sorry, you didn't emphasize it enough for me, JJ. Go ahead.
0: It was, they blew their socks off. That The game was over with, I would say, with six minutes to let, left to go in the first quarter, the game was over. It was 20, what was it, 22 to 3 at that point? The Bucks were so dead in the water.
1: With like four minutes left to go in the quarter. The first period, the Bucs scored their fourth point, but it was 22 to 4 at that point.
0: The game was over already.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, when you think about going right in and taking that other team's heart away, um, it happened. One team was on a mission, the other team just thought they were coming in to play a team. I mean, I I don't know. And a lot of people will point to the Drew Holiday thing, yeah. But as you mentioned, to open, Drew Holiday isn't 42 points good. And even if he's there, his impact might make it so that it's not that big of a gap. But I don't think he's enough to help them overcome what was before them last night.
0: True. To be fair, you know, I'm well... Let's, I'm not gonna. No, to be fair, I'm just gonna list the Bucks' absence. Oh no, no,
1: we're being yeah. fair. It's the NBA. Injuries happen. Play ball with who you got. Y'all didn't come to play last night.
0: The Bucks were missing Drew Holiday, Brook Lopez, Dante Divincenzo, Ronnie Hood, Semi Ojeley, and Bobby Portis. We were missing Victor Lodipo who might not come back until we have. We're predicting between December and January. But anyway, I think even with. With their opening-light starting lineup, which featured Brooke and Drew, I think this game was destined to be... With the way Miami came out, it was going to be a blowout either way. They were on a mission. They have been waiting for this for long months. The They heard all the talk. And, frankly, you don't forget when an opponent for, gives you that the ass-whooping that they gave us in the first round. There's no deny. We can't hide from that. They, They... They whooped our behinds, but still, you got a lot of the response. Kenneth, every you know, Tyler here only played twenty four minutes, and he still finished with twenty seven, six, and five. To me, that's very encouraging. But I think encouraging. That's an,
1: amazing.
0: There's another guy that I want to talk about, who's my favorite. I have previously said he's my favorite player right now, and that's Bam Adebayo. Bam only played twenty three minutes again. It was a blowout. He came out. I think he came out like with six minutes or so left in the third quarter, and he didn't come back. Jimmy was the was the starter that played the most minutes. Well, the player that played that had the most minutes tonight for the Heat was Jimmy Butler. He played 29 minutes, but he came out in the third quarter as well. But Bam Adebayo. aggressive Bam Kenneth. He didn't reach a third the 15 field goal attempts, but we gotta give him a pass because he only played. 23 minutes. Is that fair?
1: It's funny you say that. I was thinking about that last night. Um, I was looking at the basketball. I was like how many field goal attempts did he have? He only had 13 I believe Um, but with the efficiency 9 of 13 you do give him a pass. 69% from the field. He was aggressive. He was about it. Um, You know what I mean? We want to clean up the free throw situation only 2 of 5 there but at the same time man when he gives you The 13 rebounds, and although he was a little dime selfish last night, which I want, it doesn't even matter if he doesn't get me with one dime as long as he's as aggressive as he is on every occasion where he can be. Um, And like I said, man, even below the 15 attempts, when you're going nine, when you're making nine of 13, that's good because the reason we need you taking the 15 it's because that gives you a greater opportunity to produce. Well, when you're hitting most of what you're taking and you're taking double digits anyway, it's the same effect. So if he's going to make, uh, I, I don't know the math right off the top of my head, but I'm going to say over, you know, maybe around 70, you know, six, well, actually the percentages are right there. What am I doing? His, his game got me flustered, JJ. When you're going to make 69% of your shots, nearly 70% of the shots that you take, if you take, 12, 13 shots. That's okay.
0: That's more than okay for me. And he only did it in 23 minutes again. So overall, very, very impressive start for the team. Kyle Lowry made his Heat debut. Again, I think this will be the theme with him throughout the entire season. His box score doesn't fully tell his impact. He had five points one rebound and six assists but I think the way he moved the ball and the fact that Bam doesn't have to Bam has one assist but you know what I view that as something encouraging because Bam now can be more selfish he's playing with a real point guard now so he doesn't exactly. have to set up the other guys and couple that with the fact okay I want to highlight a play here it was in the first quarter and it was I hope this is this this are this, these are signs to, of what's to come Bam was being guarded by Giannis. And they had, they were running, they were seemingly running the the patented dribble handoff between him and Duncan, which is lethal. But he ha, he has added another dimension. We didn't see that too much last season. The band he, keeper? F, he faked the handoff, and he and Giannis started to hedge towards Duncan Robinson, expecting the handoff. Last season, Bam probably would have handed off, but he didn't, and then he cruised for an easy left-handed layup. Those are the little. Things that make the make Bam special and why we were also adamant about, about him being aggressive. I also want to highlight he had two possessions where he jabbed. Well, you he have to play. hold
1: on. You have to give. You you have to make sure that you give Kelly Olynyk credit there because if you watched him and and I think Karate called it out, Kelly Olynyk did that a ton, and you begged for Bam to do it because Kelly Olynyk showed you not only that it was there, but. He, burst, he basically gave you the blueprint. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that he learned it from Kelly. Because, I mean, you know, Bam's a smart enough and gifted enough ball player. But, I mean, it was something that Kelly Olenek displayed in those very same positions, which is even more so reason why you begged for it from Bam. And I agree with you. You love to see it, and especially where he was able to play Giannis so fluidly.
0: Exactly. So, shout out to Kelly, first of all. This goes back to the point that maybe... Last season, you know, we don't know what was happening last season. And we, at one point, we got to stop talking about that last, that previous season. But that plays into somebody mentioned on Twitter. Sometimes I think Bam doesn't realize how much of an athletic freak he is. And how truly, if he puts his mind to it, he nobody can stay with him. So it was good seeing him display the skills that we all know he had with the. With the jab step jump shots that he had over Giannis under the Kumpo. That's a defense that's a defensive player of the year right there. And he was just draining them. And couple that with the fact that the heat defense overall, it looked fantastic. There was I want to talk about that, Kenneth. We we you know, unless you want to say something else about BAM, but I wanna talk about that before we move on to our other other guys. I saw some switching but not as switch heavy as last season and to me that's a good thing because heavily switching was something that we did out of necessity you know what i'm saying since we had we didn't have the point of attack defenders that we do to that we do this year and sometimes duncan didn't want wasn't told to switch Kyle Lowry stayed in front of his man. He, he the first defensive possession of the season started with Kyle Lowry stripping Giannis Antetokounmpo at the rim, so that tells you all you need to know. And that now our rebounding looked much more improved. Again, I know the bugs. They they started Giannis at center curiously, which I I thought that was really cool. And did they didn't have Brooke and all that? But still, we were one of we were probably the worst rebounding team by by a big by a healthy margin last season and that was mostly due to our switching defense scheme now they now it looks like they're allowing jimmy butler to play i think his best role on defense which is that of free safety and we know how good jimmy butler is at, at cutting off those passing lanes and boy i'm really excited about this defense but kenneth i, I think i've I don't want to keep stealing your points or or not allowing you to, to speak, Kenneth. What are what encouraged you the most, either Bam or the the way Tyler played, or if Jimmy did? Look like he didn't skip a beat, even with with newer responsibilities on the offense. What what did you like?
1: By all means, man, go ahead. I mean, flow with it. Like I'm not I'm not holding you back. By all means, again, talk. Speak your little soul out when you you know start talking about the Miami Heat. I just sit back and listen. Like I mean, if you're doing a good job, I'm not going to interrupt you, cut you off. Why would I do that, man? Listen.
0: Well, we're a team, you know. We we we're both co-hosts. We have to, we have to do this together.
1: Absolutely, but like I said, you know me, man. I get my stuff off any old time. So when you're in a nice flow, in a nice groove, and you're expressing yourself like you're doing, and as I said about the Miami Heat so wonderfully like that, I'm not going to cut you off. Um, the Jimmy Butler thing, man, that the way that he moved last night, the way that he got it done last night, the things that you saw him do, um, against the Bucks on Thursday night, those things were so encouraging to me. He looks refreshed. He looks reinvigorated. He looks ready. He looks juiced up. He looks as fresh and as spry as he's looked in a Miami Heat uniform, dare I say, Um, I mean, I'll take you, for example, the dunks last night. Um, I saw Jimmy Butler dunk a ball last night and I don't know if I've seen him jump that high since he's been in Miami.
0: Right. He almost, he, he looked like he was going to hit his head on the, on the rim.
1: I don't know if I like, and and then I'm like, wait a minute, he got a different bounce to his step. If you look at the way that he made the moves, he hit Noura with the spin move that he couldn't finish. But, I mean, the move, he went, the move he was for beautiful. The dunk. <laughs> he yeah, he, he couldn't finish it because he went to stuff it, but the move was beautiful. Like, on the other end, there was a drop-step situation where he hit him with the move, just the quickness, but also the power and the gracefulness. And then there was also a situation um, right before the starters, you know, were pulled for good where he was in the post. And he hit the guy with a pro hop step back combination. I mean, it was it was done so that it didn't get the call. But I know he shuffled his feet. I don't care what anybody says. Um, James Harden does it, but he's typically the only one that gets away with it. You probably remember the shot I'm talking about. It was like a mid.
0: I think it was over Grayson Allen, right?
1: I think so. But I mean, <laughs> it was. It, matter of fact, the memeable Jimmy Butler face from last night, the the one that made the cut, the one where he, you know, kind of hit you with the ooh, y'all see what I did? Yeah that shot um so i mean those things for me were very encouraging because even among everything else which is essential and those things that are really going to take us over the top when you see your leader fresh and you know bouncing around like that you can only you know you can only think good thoughts about it he's healthy he's juiced he's ready to go he's excited i like that
0: absolutely and. I thought it was funny that the Bucks thought that Grayson Allen could guard Jimmy Butler for a while there and he put him in hell. <laughs> he got him he got him on his back. There was a possession where Grayson Allen was trying to front him. He got him on his back and he got the the layup. Then he hit a jump shot over him. It was just the torture chamber for Grayson Allen. Torture chamber for the entire Milwaukee Bucks team last night. We didn't have the record-setting amount of threes that they had last season against us. But hey, a win's a win. A 42-point blowout is definitely something and that's nothing to sneeze at.
1: When you get it done in any kind of way or any which way you want to... And when you can hold that Bucks team under a hundred points, regardless of who's on the floor, in this NBA with Giannis on that end doing what he does, doesn't matter if you hit the record-breaking amount of threes or the record-tying or a high number for your club. It doesn't matter how many threes you hit when you can get any shot that you want. You know?
0: Yeah. Only thing that I found a bit concerning last night, if you want, if you want to nitpick, the fr- we missed a lot of free throws. I mean, Duncan. Left one at the front of the rim. Dun- Bam missed a couple there. I think even Jimmy missed a couple free throws there. But overall, that's something that can be cleaned up. And I wouldn't be too worried about it. What do you think?
1: No, I agree with you, man. I'm a huge make your free ones type guy. If you follow the All You Can heat account or my personal account on Twitter, that's K underscore said underscore K-Q-U-E on Twitter. Um, I'll do this again at the end of the show, so prepare to hear it again. But <laughs> if you follow me on Twitter at all, you'll notice that I say make your free ones all the time, man, because that's the point. They're free. Like, you know, they're the easiest shot you're going to take all night. Even out of a layup, there's some sort of tension because you're worried about the defense collapsing, or even if it's an open floor, you don't want to miss it and, you know, be the laughing stock of Sports Center, not top 10, or find yourself becoming vile for the wrong reasons. So, the free throws are typically supposed to be your easiest looks of the night. They give you a chance to take your breath. As long as you're not 10 second Giannis at the free throw line, you know, you got time. But when you can't make the free ones, they typically come back to bite you. And those teams are the ones that lose the close games. Um, those teams are the ones that in those clutch moments can't close the deal on those games, man. So you, you can't be a team that finds yourself missing free throws. And I say this to say that when you're, our team is going to get to the free throw line 31 times, such as the Heat did last night. You got to make more than 20 of them. That's 64. Um, percent It's not good enough. I, I I would like you to be in the upper 80s. If if we're being completely honest, um, yeah, 75 minimally, but 64 is going to get it done. But it's only game one, so that's all the tape they got. I'm Spo and the rest of the coaching staff is going to mention that um, because if you want to be a title team, then you know you got to you got to be the li-
0: Those good are the little at the things. Little, that you can-
1: right. The little things, man. Fundamentals. And especially with, with the Miami Heat.
0: Yeah. I'm sure they'll address that. They probably addressed that this morning at and during film, the film review. So you wanna know how much by how much we all rebounded the bucks?
1: Oh, I I'll have take- the figures, but if you want to do it, you can do it.
0: We out-rebounded the Bucks by 20. 58-38 rebound disparity. That's something that I don't think we could have said at any point last season. Even with against an injured team. And you know what? I, I, I guess we keep bringing this up. But if you want to be the team that we think this team can be, these are the types of games that you must win convincingly. And Saturday night's game, I think, is one of those type of games. The Pacers are still limited. They don't have Karras Levert. They don't have T.J. Warren. I expect us to take care of those guys over there. Now they're really well. They're gonna be well coached, and they lost a heartbreaking in heartbreaking fashion to the Hornets, on on their opening night, with Lamelo Ball playing a spectacular game. So they might be reinv- they might be reinvigorated, or they might be reeling from that. I don't know what how to feel about this Pacers team, but I will preview that you want to you know, do the was, preview now?
1: Yeah, I was just about to say, man, we can move right into that. But but as we move right into that situation, um, you mentioned the rebounding. Uh, we doubled them up on the offensive glass. I want to say it was 5-11 to 11 on the offensive rebounding glass. And, you know, um, yeah, that's really 11. impressive. That's really impressive as well, man. But, I mean, no, we can move right into the paces situation now, man, because you mentioned something key. And I like to think of the Pacers, especially over the last couple of years, and if you think about it now with you know the coach that's now leading them and Rick Carlisle, you know they're going to be a tough out, but they're one of those teams that they play tough. Like They're never going to quit. They're always going to be disciplined. Even if they're not as talented, you can count on them maximizing the talent that they do have. And those are the teams that typically give the Heat trouble, unless you have a random scrub Heat killer. And then, you know, you can give them trouble then because that guy goes off or that collection or cluster of guys, you know, goes nuts on any given night. But typically it's the teams that are disciplined, that play tough, that play hard with a lot of effort um, and, you know, stick to their principles that give the heat trouble. The Grizzlies, the Pacers, stuff like that. But go ahead. Fortunately,
0: fortunately we only play Malik Monk two times this year and Brandon Goodwin is out of the the league. But.
1: Yeah, we don't even want to go into the good one situation. Jeez, Louise!
0: <laughs> you look—you're sounding a lot like karate today. Situation. We should rename this the Situation Podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> chill, be chill.
0: Now, before oh, I noticed we didn't talk about the Boy Wonder last night.
1: I mean, see, here's the thing. You know how I feel about Tyler Hero, and the people know how I feel about Tyler Hero, and we're gonna do plenty of Tyler Hero. But let's you know what. Let's give this one game to breathe. Let's let them have two good games. So when we come back, they can't hit us with it. It's just one good game. I I, I gave you my 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 thoughts on the situation. I just gave you another karate dinner. Um, yeah. I gave you my thoughts <laughs> on the topic. The guy yeah. was as efficient as efficient gets last night. You know what I mean? Like you yeah, mentioned he, it, he was, he was outstanding.
0: In, in, go ahead. He was outstanding, and highly, I think the exclamation point was the end of that first quarter.
1: Absolutely, and I wrote that on all you can heat today, man. When you look at that particular play, it's a perfect indication. Um, once you sp- you know splice in a little bit of Dwayne Deadman, it's a perfect indication of the explosive duality of our reserve unit. And that's why I've been so high on those guys, specifically, of course, Tyler Harrow, specifically Dwayne Demon and specifically Max Drews, because I believe like what they bring from an all around perspective, not only sets the tone for that bench unit, but also has the opportunity to make the Miami Heat bench unit one of the best in the game, which inevitably will make the Miami Heat one of the best teams in the game and increase their chances to win the ultimate prize that much more.
0: Yeah. Detman made a three last night and he had absolutely. a really solid. Which audit. I told
1: you he which I told you he would. I told you he had a little versatility in the game. Did you see the rip through move along the baseline where he finished with the mechanics reverse? Well, well,
0: yeah, well, he uh, he had a reverse layup. I think that was probably one of his final plays of the game because he got sat down as well. And yeah, came in and came in yurt. And he looked fantastic as well. You know, it was against the He it, it was against the Bucks fifteenth man of the rotation or whatever. Who cares? But he was making jump hooks, making fall away jump shots. He was he he showed his offensive skill repertoire, which Do you know was what important.
1: the board said when the guys walked in the locker room yesterday? What did it say? Embarrass them. <laughs> I don't care if it was Bud on the floor. I don't care if you had the mascot on the floor, I don't care if you had the ball boys on the floor. If they had bucks across their chest, or they were bucks associated. The goal was to embarrass them,
0: and we did that last night. Amen. Yeah. So moving on to Saturday's game, which is tomorrow for us. You probably be listening to this either today on Friday or to, or on Friday on Saturday. So. We face off against the Indiana Pacers, a team that we have some, you know, ten years ago they were our rivals, but that has since died down a bit since both teams entered a bit of a of a restructuring of of, of sorts. We obviously their best player, Demonis Sabonis, still fantastic, thirty three and fifteen in his in his previous outing, and but they'll they'll probably be without their. Those they're, they're still without Karis Levert and and TJ Warren, right? Yeah, they're still without TJ Warren and, and Karis Lavert, who are probably their two best perimeter scorers. Which again, if they were healthy, this Pacers team I would find to be quite good. Chris Duarte, a fellow Latino from Re- the Dominican Republic, he had a strong NBA debut. Hopefully, he cools off against the Miami. He, no disrespect to my fellow Caribbean to the midfield Caribbean guy but hey we when it comes to my team I I don't like people random people going off against them uh, Kenneth what are your main takeaways from this game
1: first of all I would say I don't think Duarte is that random the boy is a shooter and he can shoot yeah. that
0: tater SES random so would you call Malik Monk random then
1: well here's the thing Malik Monk has been in the league. You know what I mean?
0: But he had never like, scored almost 40 points. And he right, 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 right,
1: right, right. Um, but here's the thing. Malik Monk has been in the league for several years and has never did that, right? Yeah. So we had come to have T- a certain... Right. We, hold on, listen. Give me a chance, JJ. Come on now. Rock with me. We had come All to right, have cool. a certain... We had come to have a certain expectation of Malik Monk because... He got drafted high and was supposed to do that in his first year. We wouldn't have been surprised because that's why you got drafted like you did, right? Right. But now we've come to expect him to be a certain level of player. So then when he rises above those expectations that we now have for him as a player, he becomes random, correct?
0: You could say that.
1: Right. Well, Chris Duarte was drafted 13th overall for a reason, right?
0: Yeah. Okay. I get what you're 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 saying. He's right, not random. Right, that's
1: all I'm saying. Like he, he's not random because he hasn't had a chance to fall into randomness yet. Like, okay, you've been drafted 13th overall for this reason. Like, you haven't had a chance to fall into random yet. Now you're more living up to why you were drafted in the lottery than falling into randomness. That's my only point.
0: I will say, though, that this Heat defense defense is not the Hornets defense that he oh, no, no, in no. no, no, no. Absolutely. first professional game. Absolutely. They're, they're going to be prepared. And, oh, maybe he, maybe it's going to be like a Jeremy Lin situation. Here, there it is. Where, wait a minute, when man. Jer- the
1: guy's a rookie. Like, he, Jeremy Lin wasn't drafted in the lottery either. I think you're going a little too far. You call your man a countryman on one side of your mouth, and now you call him Jeremy Lin on the other side of your mouth. What's no, going no, no, on, wait. JJ?
0: Hey, hear me out. Hear me out. Remember in 2013 when Jeremy Lin was going insane? Remember, Absolutely. Remember insanity? Absolutely. And do I remember Lynn
1: Wait a minute, JJ. Don't don't do that. That's disrespectful. He, he,
0: he came into Miami and he said that it was difficult to even dribble the ball. Absolutely. That might happen to him here.
1: Ah, uh, okay, that's the reference you're going with. I thought you were saying that Duarte is Lin Sanity. I'm like, wait a minute. It's one game. This guy's a rookie. <laughs> You know, I'm like, oh, wait a minute, maybe I'm missing up the parallel and I was, fortunately enough for both of us. I, I do that sometime and I'm I'm man enough to admit when I was wrong. But um okay, hey, that's, now that's I fine. get I get the I get the complex that you're hinting at now. Um yeah, yeah, perhaps. He's definitely gonna experience something that he hasn't ever experienced when you're talking about going up against the Miami Heat defense and especially one operating at the level that they seem to be operating at right now. Yeah, I mean again, because it's one game. Yeah, it is, but I, I wasn't expecting. Listen, man, I understand it's one game, but the things we saw last night, man, that translates. You know what I mean? That's that's just hard work and effort. Like when you look at PJ Tucker, you know, and again, diving into against, the stands. Yeah, it's against his former team and all that, so there may be a little extra incentive there. But geez, Louise, like that type of effort, man. That that that's basically all defense is. I mean, it's it's, it's Twenty percent nuance and understanding as far as position goes and what can happen next. Um, I would also say there's a little bit of prediction and forecasting in there that but that's that what happens next. But then the other seventy to eighty percent of that man is all about effort. I'm gonna beat you to your spot. I'm gonna be more aggressive than you for these several seconds while you have the ball trying to move me. I'm gonna be more of a wall than you can be a penetrating voice trying to get force, trying to get you know, beyond this wall. So I think that those are things that will allow the Miami Heat to be themselves more often than they're not on the defense, um, especially based on who we know the guys to be that are now on the roster and what we know the Miami Heat to be as a defensive team.
0: Right. So let's keep previewing this Pacers game. Uh, Bam against Miles Turner, or do you expect, well, we can't stick... P.J. Tucker on Miles Turner because he's too little. I don't
1: know, man, because here's the thing about that. Miles Turner is big and he does hit the boards a bit. Um,
0: But he doesn't like to operate around the rim because that's the Sabonis area. He's not necessarily
1: a down-low big. On the offensive side, he's a spacer. So you do have to worry about him being near the rim When he's on defense, because he's also a rim protector, had four blocks in that opening game against Charlotte, an example, um, he's not going to operate too much around the rim on the offensive end. So that is an opportunity to put PJ on him. Plus you want Bam on DeMontis because he gives you that equal combination of size, strength and agility, which will help you deal with a guy like Sabonis better for me. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I guess we'll have to see how they do. I think P.J. Tugger could still hold this own against Sabonis. Not, and, and, with, and I
1: don't disagree with you there. I just think having,
0: that. Go ahead. Probably having a guy like Jimmy shade over to him a couple of times and force him into making a pass that isn't there. Like like the type of, like the type of defense you want to play as, a, as the Miami Heat when Jimmy Butler in your roster. Because, yeah, Jimmy Butler is a good point of attack defender, but I think he is best suited as a free safety role. Where he can, since he is so smart and he's so instinctive that he can cut off passes. <laughs> if you throw a pass near him, you better be you better watch out because he's gonna either lunge for it or he's gonna get back to your man, to his man, and there there isn't much of an avenue to go, to do something with it.
1: But see, so, listen though, listen though, bro. So this is what I'm saying though. When you think about the Miami Heat's defensive peak or their potential and then you think about the peak potential and ability of each individual player, you're almost pigeonholing yourself by putting P.J. Tucker on DeMontis in the paint or in the middle area and sticking Bam on Miles Turner, who's going to be on one side and along the perimeter, if you understand what I'm saying. Because you allow... Bam to still kind of be that rim protection all around guy if he needs to be, because he's in the middle where your help or your Jimmy Butler's and PJ Tucker's can rotate and play his backside, you know, until he can get back to DeMontis, as opposed to relegating him to like being a wing defender. I think that you also make better use of PJ's perimeter defensive skills by allowing him to play against a guy that you might not mind leaving as much as you would somebody else. Cause I'll give you an example. Miles Turner only won one from three, one of three the other day from three point land. So for thirty-three percent or whatever, three of six from the field. So he's not shooting the ball a ton anyway. He actually out of the starting lineup, um, he actually was the lowest field goal attempter. And if you look at the total shots for the team together, everybody besides Tory Craig had more field goal attempts than he did. And Jeremy Lamb only won one of nine. So it wasn't an efficiency thing. It's just like PJ can give you better, you know what I mean? Can give you and, – and, and who's to say – I'm going to be honest with you. The more I look at the situation, we may be looking at a situation where you even have Duncan playing towards Miles Turner. You know what I mean? Depending on how he's operating. And then once he tries Thank- to – go ahead
0: dang it dang it man i'm gonna to have to name this episode the karate the karate situation episode you have said the word situation so much today it's unusual
1: I, I i know man i'm i don't know why i'm, I'm saying <laughs> this so much i i can't and you know what it's coming out and i don't even realize that i'm
0: saying it until you call me out but you may see duncan even we can have we can have karate on sometime
1: Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. Don't do that. Um, Because then we'll both we'll both say the word "situation" so much, we'll have to call this the Situation 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 Podcast. Um, Yeah, man. I I I can actually now I can actually see because think about it. Nobody's really. I mean, of course they play man up point of attack defense once that situation. Oh my! I just said it occurs. I just said it again. Once that. Once the scenario? yeah, once that scenario actually happens on the floor, but the whole thing is a help based a help based system. So when you, <laughs> I wasn't going to say I wasn't going to say it there. I wasn't. So the whole thing is a help based system. So I like I said, I think you can even find yourself in a place where Duncan is even the guy on Miles Turner because you want to make better use of the other guy's defensive talent.
0: Yeah. So. Hopefully Duncan shoots it better against Indiana than he did. Yeah, last I was just night. about
1: to say that too. He needs to do better on the offensive end too. But hey, I have faith maybe a guy so like maybe
0: maybe it's the Wilson ball. Who knows?
1: That's what that's what that's what the streets are saying.
0: The Streets are saying that maybe Duncan Robinson is having trouble adjusting to the Wilson ball. Hopefully he adjusts because for the sake of our salary cap, we gave him a fat contract. Although, Layla, hey, man. who am I? He's, hey, who am I to watch another man's wallet?
1: Oh my lord, forty percent on eight attempts. Okay, forty that's, percent on eight attempts. That's among
0: the the elite of the elite. So let's get Duncan deserves a pass for all that he has. The way he our offense operates, thanks to him. So I think we're done with the Pacers game. Now let's move on to another to another pressing topic that on hand and that's the NBA 75th anniversary team 5 former Heat players made it Dwayne Wade of course, LeBron James of course, Gary Payton Heat champion with the 06 Heat and Ray Allen made it so wait I count that's 4 guys right? Yeah. Dwayne, LeBron Ray Allen and Gary Payton, I'm missing somebody else oh, Shaq uh, of course Shaq yeah Shaq come on man what's wrong with you man <laughs> 006 champion Shaq, with the right. Miami Heat.
1: So we said so. So give me your list one more time, so I can make I can double check you.
0: Wade, LeBron, Ray Allen, Gary Payton, and Shaq.
1: Sounds about right to me.
0: Yeah. So. With the naming of the team, inevitably comes some controversy regarding the snubs, and Kenneth and I have some thoughts regarding that. First off, I, you know what, Kenneth, I'm going to start with him. I. Mentioned it on the t- on the timeline last night. I couldn't believe it. I still can't believe it. Dwight Howard, one of one of my favorite players growing up. When I started watching the, the NBA, I know he played for the Orlando Magic. Although I don't really consider the Magic a rival, aside from they share the same state as the Heat, there there's never truly been a competition in terms of organizational competence. But still, Dwight Howard, one of the best defenders who have ever played this game, a guy that was the sole elite center for a while there after Yao Ming went down would you say right for a while there, we had a dearth of centers we had nobody we thought andrew bynum was going to be somebody and then he well he did andrew bynum things
1: right he, he hit you with the ghost fake out i got my money and i'm gone
0: that was so weird and the sixers really oh the sixers really get got screwed over on that trade I mean, well, everybody. I, mean, listen, I think that was the, the trajectory that was weird, of his that career was weird, man. That was one of the rare traits where everybody lost. It was. It's so. That's. It's so incredible. It although, seemed
1: like the longer his hair got, the weirder his situation got.
0: Although, if you think about it, the magic, one of the pegs they acquired, became Nikola Vucevic, who became a fine player. They never did. They never did anything with him. But. On the roster now, he's in Chicago, but whatever. Anyway, Dwight Howard, I'm going to read off his resume. There's only one rant, one answer, Kent, but I'm. Eight time All Star, two time Blocks Champion, eight time All NBA, rookie, all rookie team, five time rebound champion, 2020 NBA champion against our Miami Heat, five time All Defensive team member, and three time Defensive Player of the Year, which I think ranks second all time. Yes it ranks second all time probably behind i don't want to say a name because i don't want to be talking on my ass here but anyway kenneth has a play i'm going to ask you has a player in the in the latter part of his career done more to derail or ruin the perception of his greatness earlier in his career than Dwight howard
1: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, there's no world where he shouldn't be um, on this list, I would say. I mean, you listed off some accomplishments, but if you look at his numbers and where they rank him, uh, offensive rebounds, active in the league, he's first, 4,033. Career, ninth. Uh, career NBA ninth career overall 10th um, active rebounder total first career sixth um, I mean if you look at his blocks active in the NBA first career 15th I mean it's just it's it's, it's pretty weird. I I can't even lie, man. I can't even lie. It's pretty weird.
0: Only explanation I have is that the guy was such a a, a jackass when, yeah. when that people just don't like him. I can agree. And you know I get I get that. Because he, he was a goofball. I mean he people you know, thought that uh, that he was he wasn't that great. Shaq always was piling on him.
1: Yeah, and you know, perception is but, reality.
0: But even then, you got to look at that resume. Anybody that that is worth their salt of of NBA basketball knows that Dwight Howard is a top seventy-five player ever. Absolutely. So now, who would you take off for him? That's the question. There here are some candidates, Paul Arisen or Arison, Arison. However you say his name, I'm sorry, Arison, Arison family or whatever. Yeah,
1: you're not gonna you're not gonna get me caught up in that.
0: <laughs> Same time All Star, 1956 NBA champ, two time scoring champ, four time All NBA, Rookie of the Year, 1952 All Star Game MVP. Damian Lillard.
1: I won't take off anybody I don't know. I'll tell you that. But we can definitely talk about some of the current guys that I might take off on.
0: Damian Lillard, six-time All-Star, six-time All-NBA, Rookie of the Year, 2012-2013, All-Rookie First Team. Now, those are two guys. Now, think about it. Now, I know you might not take off Paul Risen because, you know, he's a... He's, uh, He's a a he, you got to respect the legends or whatever. Anthony Davis, eight time All Star, 2020 NBA champ, four time All Defensive team member, 2017 All Star Game MVP, three time Blocks champ, four time All NBA. Of those three, who would you take off to add Dwight Howard?
1: I would take Dwight over Dame Lillard. Agreed. AD has a title.
0: I mean, and Dame Lillard, as impressive as he has been. You really look at his resume, and again, we're not talking peaks here because that's not how the voting was, was based on. We're talking peaks. Or, I mean, sc- sc- sorry, careers. Six-time All-Star, six-time All-NBA. That's pretty lacking to a guy who has three defensive players of the years and is an eight-time All-NBA member and an eight-time All-Star. And if Damian, Damian Lillard retired today, he's not a top 75 player in my opinion.
1: Hmm. Mm. So you saying he's projecting a bit?
0: No, I'm just saying if he retired today.
1: Right. If so all the guys any... I go ahead.
0: Yeah. Right. If all the guys that I listed retired today, Damian Lillard does not make my top seventy-five.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: Obviously, Paul or or whatever his whatever the hell his name is, mm. he, he he's already retired. And again, I understand you gotta you know you gotta respect the right. The, I can't we, speak we, about guys
1: the, that I didn't. You know what I mean? That I don't. I don't know a, a super a super you know a super ton of information about. Well,
0: and again, I know that without those guys. You probably wouldn't have the NBA as we know it, and yada yada yada. Still, so exactly. it was in the 19. 19- exactly. In the there 19- you go. But I just can't understand. Well, how Dwight Howard did not make the top 75. Anyway, moving on to some Heat snubs. Alonzo Mourning. We talked about it. I think it was with Matt when he had him on. He thought he 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 should make it. Yep. Chris Bosh. He was a bit more lukewarm on. I would probably Chris Bosch would be in my bubble of of being he could probably make it, he could probably not make it. I would incline myself to having him in, but again we're I'm a Heat fan, so but still I would say that Chris Bosch and Alonzo Morning should have made it. Definitely. Now that leaves out some honorable mentions, Tim Hardaway, of course. He, I want to say, he would be right outside, right?
1: Yep, right outside. I would say top 105, and I know this sounds like a random number.
0: Yeah, he. I think he would be right outside. But I would outside. say firmly
1: in my top 100, I give myself 105 for a couple of names.
0: But anyway, let's talk about the guys that did make it for our heat. Dwayne Wade, of course. Third best shooting guard of all time. Top 25 player ever. LeBron James. Second greatest player of all time in our estimation. Ray Allen. I saw some people pushing back on Ray Allen making it a bit. Which was strange. Given that he's one of the best shooters of all time. He has a pretty nice resume. He's got two rings. He's got multiple All-Star Game appearances. He even has some All-NBAs in there. Mostly known as a shooter. Although when he was with... Yeah, 10 time All-Star, two-time All NBA, two-time NBA champ. I think what mostly pushes him into a top 75. He's right on the brink, though. Right?
1: I don't know if he's right on the brink, man, because like a lot of people forget before he kind of relegated himself to being, you know, specifically a shooter, that he was all around Ray. Like he could do a little bit of everything. So he honed in on what would you know eventually become his special ability, and became that. But I don't know if he's right on the brink. I think that when you look at his numbers, his his things that he was able to do in his career, as far as titles go, and even some of the things that are not talked about, like the ability to make plays for his teammates early in his career, uh, the fact that he you know had a high percentage of, Go ahead.
0: He he was one of the primary he, the primary scorers on a Milwaukee really right. good Milwaukee team.
1: No, absolutely, man. I mean, he had other he had other assets and accolades outside of just the jump shot that separated him, but at the end of the day, you know, he honed in on that special ability. So, I mean, it is what it is.
0: Other Heat guys that make it Shaquille O'Neal. He was a a shoe in. Gary Payton was also a shoe in. Although people don't well really remember Gary Payton as a Heat player. Of course, they remember him as a Seattle Supersonic, right? And one of the best one of the best perimeter defenders who have ever played. And his time here in Miami was fairly limited. He had two seasons here, winning a championship in his first season here, and. You know, mostly providing veteran savvy to that team. Still, very impressive resume. Nine time All Star, 06 NBA champ, nine time All Defensive team member, 1995, 1996 Defensive Player of the Year. I think he was the last guard to win it, right?
1: Don't quote me on that, but let's check.
0: I think he was the last guard to win it. The last perimeter player to win it was probably Kawhi Leonard. But the last guard, yeah, it was him.
1: So we're looking, we're looking, Kawhi Leonard, as you said, perimeter player, Metta World Peace, small forward. Gary Payton would be the last guard. That That is correct.
0: And I think with today's game, it would be pretty hard for a guard to win it again anytime soon.
1: I agree unless you call Jimmy a shooting guard or unless you consider Ben to be a point guard.
0: I think Ben, as he has shown, he's probably better suited to be a forward. I agree. Although Ben is more of a Swiss army knife. But yeah, I would, I would bet on Ben Drew Holiday on the next two years if he doesn't fall off and he needs to, would need to have an absolutely incredible defensive season. And I mean, a guy that could shut down your point guard
1: let me any ask you this. On any given Speaking name. of, exactly. If Davion Mitchell, I think, yeah, Th- am I saying that right? If he continues his yeah. development,
0: could you Would see be him next, being a candidate? In the future, if he develops into the type of defensive player we think he can become, he is a candidate for the next guard to win it.
1: Right. I mean, because like he, he shuts people down when he sets his mind to it.
0: So, yeah, he has that talent. You know, the Kings have had some – their last two drafts, their last two first-round picks. Dave, looks like they're going to turn out into something.
1: Oh, no, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I think Halliburton has extreme defensive potential. I mean, it's just that they don't call him off-night.
0: Yeah. So, Kenneth, we discussed the game. We discussed the top 75. We even previewed the next night's game.
1: Absolutely, man. Is there, and, um, is let's, there anything? Let's, yeah, I was just about to say, we, we, we stopped short of previewing the team that you said you really don't consider a rivalry. Um, it is a bit of an in-state rivalry because we don't record again until Monday when we play the Orlando Magic. And that's the bit of an in-state rivalry that I'm referencing. When you think about the Orlando Magic and the Miami Heat, it's always seemingly a tougher game than it should be. And I don't know if that's because of the in-state rivalry situation of it all. I just said it again, didn't I, JJ? But (laughs) at the end of the day, when you look at that game, um, it could be one of those games where the Miami Heat just think that they're going to go in and not necessarily roll over the Magic, but go in and, you know, think that they're going to get a pretty easy win. And I just want to make sure that we're all keeping our eyes peeled for what could be a wild ride on Monday. But at the end of the day... The Miami Heat just have too much talent for the Magic. Um, they lost their first game of the season to the San Antonio Spurs, ninety-seven to one twenty-three. So it's not like they're world beaters or anything like that. And they do find
0: themselves—they're—they're they're the worst but, team in the league, by absolutely I think by far absolutely. They're the worst team in the league.
1: Absolutely, but that's that's based on what last year, right? You have to give teams at least—I would say—fifteen games to see what they're going to be. If we look at the talent, then yeah, but. They also have some guys who could bubble up. I mean, and the guys that they have are guys at the most important position when you think about Suggs as a point guard. Plus, they have two games back-to-back. Uh, well, not back-to-back. I'm sorry. They have a game on Friday night and then a game on Sunday night, both against the New York Knicks, a home-and-home, before coming to Miami. So, you know, that's just something to keep in mind. I mean, again, if you look at how they performed in their first game, uh, you want to look at Mo Bamba who Is this went a-
0: – is this the year that it finally happens for Mobamba?
1: I was just about to say, you want to look at Mobamba, who went 18 4 and 4. You want him to be a little bit closer to the rim, try to get those rebounding numbers up, but he did give you full blocks. So that's another one of those Miles Turner situations where he probably doesn't play as close to the rim as you would like for him to play on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, a deep, on the offensive side of the ball, going three or four from three point land, though. Um, he does play close enough to the rim. On the defensive side of the ball to throw you off. Terrence Ross go, went off of 15 off the bench in the first game, so that's also a guy that we want to keep in mind because you know how it goes with him. So
0: that's a trade can that's a trade candidate for them. I don't expect him to. I don't expect him to be with the team on, on February. Some contenders well, that's even come that's calling. even
1: more reason for him to come out and go nuts on a on a big stage like the Miami Heat. There's
0: a there's a contender that's going to come calling. Need some scoring some bench scoring and they're going to probably trade for him.
1: Absolutely. But either way, we can't go in there slipping because that's the type of situation that typically, you know, have seen us take a night off and, and threaten to get beat by a team that we shouldn't. So we should win this game against Indiana and the Magic, though, for what it's worth. We just want to touch a little bit on that and to keep your eyes peeled for what Suggs, Mo Bamba, and Ross can do to you because if you go in there with the thought that, you know, it's just another night off, Then the magic will sneak up on you, too, especially with the whole in-state situation of it all in the history. I hit you with a karate on purpose there.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Multiple karate. And, you know, after that, after next week, it gets to be a bit tough. But we'll discuss that when it when the time comes, even. But anyway. Thank you for listening to this episode of the 305 Culture Podcast. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You can also listen. You can also leave a five-star review and a short a five-star rating and a short review on Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate that as it sh- helps the show grow. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcast as well. It helps our show grow as well. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 305 Culture Pod.
1: Where can they find you at JJ?
0: They can find me at JJ Rivera MBA. That's at j j r i v e r a n b a on twitter and on instagram at jairo rivera 98 that's j a i r o r i v s in victor e r a 98 and where can we find you my friend
1: yeah man on twitter you can find me at k underscore said the word underscore q u e that's k that's k underscore said underscore k q u e on twitter and then on instagram you can find me at i am k all one word together that's i the word am a m k c i r r u s again on instagram that's i am k serious and we really appreciate you guys
0: yeah we really appreciate your continued support this is our first week expanding to two episodes so keep keep your eyes peeled because this is going to be like this for the foreseeable future so stick around for more 305 culture content and thank you for listening see you next week bye bye